Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. We are continuing our series uh, called Built Different. And I'll be honest, this is uh, one of those things. I, I normally plan out our sermons uh, for about a year in advance. I either go off at the end of one year or the very beginning of that year, and I try to plan out at least the ideas, the themes, the directions of where we're going to go in God's Word for an entire year. But every now and then, God just sort of says, well, I want to make you feel really nauseous on a Saturday. And I'm like, thanks, Lord, I appreciate that. And um, last night, or yesterday afternoon, was actually one of those times, and man, I was just wrestling. I had this direction I'd been working on all week long, and I thought, this is where God was leading. And then all of a sudden, he puts this other thing in my lap, and it's like I couldn't, couldn't steer away from it. Uh, but before we get into that part, I want to tell you a story that you may or may not have heard before. Chances are, I bet you've heard it. It's one of the stories that my little kids have enjoyed uh, when I have been telling them when they were really little. And I need to start telling Andrew because he would really probably get a kick out of it. But there's the story of these three little pigs. Anybody ever heard of that? You heard that story? Three little pigs. And they're three little pigs. They're brothers. And uh, I'm going to try to tell you the abbreviated version that I try to tell my kids. But um, who knows? We'll see how it could be here for a couple weeks. We'll see. So anyway, so these three little pigs are brothers. And they decide to go their own way. And they're going to move out of mom's house. And they're going to go and they're going to build their houses. Well, the first little pig brother, he goes and he's like, I'm going to build my house out of straw. And then the next little brother goes and says, well, I'm going to build my house out of sticks. I'm not as dumb as you are. I'm going to build my house out of sticks. And then the third brother's like okay I'm gonna build my house out of bricks now you guys know where this is going but anyway one day they're sitting there at their own individual houses and the the little brother that built with straw he comes along he's sitting there and all of a sudden he hears a knock on the door and he hears from the other side of the door a wolf come to the door and he says little pig little pig let me in and he calls back what not by the hair of my chinny chin chin everybody everybody know that y'all don't know this story Oh, y'all are in for it. Y'all are in for it. <laughs> so anyway, he says, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. And then the wolf says what? Well, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. And he does just that. And he blows down and that house of straw just poof, just explodes into nothing. Well, the little pig just sneaks out away as the, the dust is settling and he runs to the next brother's house. He knocks on the door and the little house that was built out of sticks, that brother opens up the door, lets him in. Pretty soon, guess who comes along? The big bad wolf. He comes along and he knocks on the door and they're like, who is it? And he says, little pig, little pigs, let me in. And what do they say? Not by the hair of our chinny chin chins. That's right. And so I don't know why they have such high voices. I've seen pigs. They're kind of big. You know, they think they have a deep voice too, but you got to differentiate between the two. So anyway, y'all stick with me. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, they say, not by the hair of our chinny chin chins. And then he says what? Well, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. And he blows that house of sticks down in just one big blast of his stinky breath. And it falls down and the other two brothers, they escape and they run to the next house where the brother had built with bricks and they, he lets them in. Not long after, here comes the wolf and he knocks on the door and he says, little pig, little pig, let me in. And they, what, what do they say? Not by the hair of our chinny chin chins. And so all of a sudden he says, well, I'll huff 
and I'll puff and I'll blow. Nothing. And then he says, well, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow. Nothing happens. He can't blow the house of bricks down. And so he gets up the idea. He says, you know, they say, well, you know, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we've got a chimney to keep our fire or, you know, to let, you know, to have for our house. You know, I hope it, hope you don't come in down that chimney. And he's like, well, I've got an idea. He climbs up the roof. He starts to come down the chimney. And guess what? They've got a fire going. They get the fire going. He falls into the pot. That's the old version. You know, there's a different version now. But he falls into the pot and we'll just say he gets scalded and he, uh, he runs away. We'll, we'll keep it family friendly okay since who knows who's watching online anyway but they go and he is destroyed at the end but the only house that stood was a house that was built with bricks and it brings to mind the passage that I thought I was going to spend a lot of time in today and I want to read to you from first Corinthians chapter 3 beginning in verse 6 Paul says I planted Apollos watered but God gave the growth So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed... It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Now, this is where I thought I was going to go and spend all of my time. And and that made me think about, you know, I thought about the, the three little pigs, you know, and one built with straw, one built with sticks, and then one built with bricks. The only one that really lasted through the wind of the the breath of the wolf was what? The one built with bricks. The straw and the sticks, they just blew away. They blew down in just a matter of instant. And what Paul says to us is that if we want to build something that lasts both in our life and the lives of other people, then we've got to build with materials that are going to last. And he says, not through the wind, but through the fire. On the day of judgment, everything's going to be tested and only those things that are built that are eternal are going to last. Am I right? And I was, that's where I thought I was going to go and I was going to spend all this time. But God just kept laying something on my heart. But the first thing that I want to say is this. To really be built different. If you want your life to last and count and matter and really stand up to every wind that comes, every fire that rages, every storm that blows. If you want your life to stand and you want to be built different, then you got to be careful how you build. Last week, we talked about the foundation that we build on. And that foundation can only be Jesus if your house has a chance to stand. But then you're called to build your life after Yourself as well, with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the help of the church family. But not everybody builds the same way. So the question is, how do you build your life? Now the interesting thing is in that passage, he uses a couple of analogies. He uses a couple of analogies of kind of a farmer 
planting and watering, but he also uses that of a builder. And I felt like I needed to share Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4 with you. It's another story. It says, And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town to town came to him, he, that is Jesus, said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns and weeds grew up and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus was confusing. <laughs> Jesus was confusing. You see, most of these Jews and most of the audience that were listening to what he was talking about were Jewish people. And they had been used to being told exactly what they should do. And if God didn't say it, don't worry. There were religious leaders who were going to add in and say, well, if you don't know what to do, this is exactly what you should do. And so they had been forced and, and, and just sort of fed into this system of I'm going to listen to exactly what you tell me to do. But then Jesus comes along and he says, God wants to know you. This is ultimately what he's saying. God wants to know you, but he wants you to seek after him and he says if you've got ears to hear then listen because he knew that not everybody has what ears to hear and he told things in parables because he wanted people to search after him and seek after him but most of the time we want everything to be spoon-fed to us so we don't have to do anything and we want to stay spiritual babies for our entire lives we don't want our legs to get stronger, and the way they get stronger is by getting up and crawling and then walking and then running. And we want to be able to like lay on our bed. We want to be able to lay down, right? And we want to lift up our head just so somebody can feed us with a spoon. Y'all like that cat, cat like reflexes? Y'all see that? I was going to do the whole thing where like, you know, you jump up like that, but I didn't want to show off. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> but we want to just lay there and barely lift our head up so somebody can feed us. But that's not the kind of followers that Jesus was seeking. Because we talked about last week is that what? The, the big bad wolf is going to come. And the storms are going to blow and the floods are going to rise up. We had flash flood warnings yesterday, didn't we? The storms of life are going to happen and they're going to happen more than I care to admit. And more than I care to go through. And so Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then goes on in verse 9. It says, and when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, even they didn't get it. He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see. And hearing, they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God, and the ones along the path are those who have heard. When the devil comes and take, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root 
They believe for a while and in a time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the pleasures of, and the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Jesus tells them, he says very clearly, I'm saying this in parables. And, and some of this was because of his early ministry. He was trying to sort of pace himself. He did not want to be forced to go to the cross too soon because he had a lot of teaching and a lot of training to do. And so when Jesus says, I don't want everybody to hear. Now, that's my paraphrase. But when Jesus says, I don't want everybody to hear just yet, unless they're really wanting to listen, he had a purpose, and he hoped that everyone would eventually listen. He wanted everyone to listen, but he knew that some people were just going to listen, and they were going to use it against him. But what you and I need to ask ourselves this morning is, am I really listening? I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but I think most of us here have two ears, you know? It could be somebody who doesn't. But we have the ability to listen. But the question is, are we? If you are a parent or if you have been a child, you understand this analogy of that, you know, your your children don't seem to listen a lot of times. They've got ears and they can be looking you right in the face, but they don't hear what you're saying. And you were the same way probably, right? You were the same way. You were always there, present, but you were not always listening. And and I I hear it over and over again from my kids. It's like, you know, I didn't hear you say that. You know, so that's what you want to do. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Y'all know y'all want to do that. (laughs) Don't even judge me. Anyway. But here's the thing. Are you listening to what God says he goes on and he explains that parable and and there's some things I want us to to focus on for just a couple minutes the first one is this check your heart soil check your heart soil he gives four different kinds of soil that hearers can be that people that are there can be and he said the seed is the what word of God And he said, so anybody who's going along, you know, whether it be Jesus or the apostles or now ultimately us, when we're going along, we're scattering hopefully the word of God. But what happens when it hits the people that are listening? What happens? Are they truly listening? How is your heart soil? There could be people here in all four stages this morning. You could be the path. Maybe you came in and your heart is hard and you've never uh, given your life to Jesus and you're sitting there and the, the word has a hard time taking root. And if, that, if that's the case with you, then you probably don't want to hear what I've got to say. And you probably already tuned me out. But I want to take a second and remind ourselves that even if we've become a Christian, there's a chance that we can allow our hearts to become the path again. And we can become really, really hard to what God has to say and what his people want to say to us. And it said that when when that path, when it falls on that path soil, that hard soil that's just compacted and pounded, the word is easily stolen, that the enemy, Satan comes and he takes it away, like it says the birds did in the parable. And, And I guarantee you, you know, you've been there and you probably know people and probably somebody flashed in your mind of who the path is. 
But it, not necessarily their fault that they're hard-hearted. They've just been beat down and they've been trampled on so much that they just don't want to hear because they just believe that everybody else is out to get them and they've been hurt so many times before. And, and you fill in the blank. It can be any different number of reasons that people, we allow our hearts to get hard. But the problem is, is that the word will not impact us no matter how many times we hear it. They got just as much seed thrown on the path soil as every other, other kind, but they just were not ready to hear it. We go on and we see there's rocky soil. If I'm being honest, I think a lot of us fall into the rocky soil. What was the problem with the rocky soil? It couldn't take root. There was no depth and there was no water. And those two problems are synonymous. If there's not enough depth, if there's no room for the roots to grow, the water, it can't get to the water because the surface water will dry off too quick. And so many of us can be just like that. We are excited to be Christians, but we don't have any roots. And so when the sun comes down and beats on top of us, it scorches us and we don't have anywhere to go and we cannot grow. And so the question is, what kind of soil are you? Joyful at first, but you cannot withstand testing. There's a lot of times I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, I'm just rocky soil. Because when testing comes, it's like, I just, I just want to quit. I don't like testing. I don't like the troubles. I don't like the trials. But if you want to stand firm, you have to have some depth. Then he goes on and says the, the third type is weeds or thorns. It says that the seed landed there and then the worries of life and the cares of the world and the riches and the pleasures of life choke those things out. And I believe that's another common type of soil. Is there so many people right now who, and please hear this, please, please hear this. There are so many people who have real reasons not to be with other people during this pandemic. They have health concerns, they have issues, there are very many real reasons. But there are a lot of people who have just allowed the fears and the worries and the cares of this life to strangle them and their spiritual lives. And even before the pandemic, it was happening because we cared about money. We cared about stuff. We cared about the, the right appearance that we were putting out in front of people, how we were accepted or who we were rejected by. It's not a brand new problem, but it's just been exacerbated during this time. And people haven't been around each other to allow the weeds to be pulled and the thorns to be cut. And so, therefore, more than ever, they are being strangled out. And I can, I'm not so naive to say that some of us aren't sitting right here and we're getting choked out. We're getting choked out. Do y'all remember the story that I told about uh, back when I was a youth minister back in Virginia? This college-age guy in my youth group, he was just a couple years younger than me. Y'all remember the story where they're wrestling with me? A couple of guys, it's in a hotel room at a teen convention, and they're like, uh, you know, it's two against one for the most part. And one, one of my friends jumped in for a little bit, then he quit, and we're, we're wrestling, throwing him around. And finally, the little guy gets on my back and puts his hand, uh, arm around me to put me in a sleeper hold, in a choke hold. And, man, he's just hanging on me, literally hanging on me. And they finally, they push me onto the bed. And he's on there, and he, he whispers in my ear, who's your daddy? Like that. And that was all. I was about ready to tap out and be like, ha-ha, y'all won. This was all fun. But when he said, who's your daddy, I was like, Rawr! and I literally pushed up with him laying on my full body. Got up, stood there, jumped up in the air with him hanging on, and he'd go, boom, and just land on my back with him underneath me. 
His arms fall off, and I get up, and I said, who's your daddy now, boy? <laughs> and for the next year, he called me daddy. Every time he saw me, it was all in fun, you know. But I ain't going to lose like that. He said, who's your daddy? I'm going to show him who daddy is. And so, anyway, my point is this. Some of you are getting choked out, and you're about to tap out, but you need to say, I know who my daddy is. You need to stand up and you need to get that thing off of your back, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's fear or worry or money or, or you fill in the blank. You need to get that thing off your back because that stuff doesn't own you. God does. And you and I need to step up and suck it up and fight back and not allow ourselves to be destroyed and strangled out while we can see that our eyes are starting to get dim. We need to stand up and fight with everything that we have. We cannot allow ourselves to be choked out by all these things of this world. Because what did it say? He said they never produce mature fruit. If you live your life being choked out by worries and cares and the pleasures of this life, you'll never produce fruit. But then it says there's good soil. It describes it as honest and good and so be honest about who you are and about who God is. I think one of the greatest boundaries or barriers of you and I becoming good soil is that we're just not honest about who we really are. We try to keep a part of our life, maybe from those thorns, maybe it's that, or maybe it's just an outright sin. We try to keep this thing hidden in our lives, and we'll even lie to ourselves. We'll lie to ourselves. I mean, you know, we've got this big growth on our back, you know, this sin, and we try to act like nothing's wrong. Everybody can see it for the most part, and sometimes you can hide it, but people can see it, and you, you know that it's there, but you just become blind to it because you lie to yourself. And so what you and I have to do is we've got to get this stuff out of our life if we want to be good soil. Listen to the Word of God and be honest about what your relationship with God is. What's standing in your way keeping you from being good soil? Be honest about you and then be honest about God. I get discouraged like anybody. And there are times that I wonder what God's doing. You've all been there. You might be there right now. Maybe you've been praying about something in particular and you just don't see, hear, see the answers. And One of my most loved and hated songs is a song by Andrew Peterson. He's a, he's a really good songwriter and singer. and He's got a song called The Silence of God. And there's nothing so deafening as the silence of God. When you're calling out to God, God, help me, heal me. Fill me, provide for me, whatever it is, and you don't hear anything, but you've got to know that he is answering even in the silence. That he is working, and that's why I'm saying you've got to be telling the truth about God, because when you get in that place, it's easy to withdraw from God and his truth and his word, and then you, you fill in who God is based off of your hurt feelings, not off of the truth. And so you and I need to spend time in our God's Word reminding ourselves just how good God is. 
Because at just the right time, he will show up, even though it may be in a period of heartbreak, even though it may be in a horrible thing that's happened. Trust that he is good. And that brings us to this next idea. And I've already said it a little bit, but I want to say it one more time. Cling to the word of God. As that seed is being scattered and thrown out on the different types of soil that we are, cling to every seed that comes your way. Whether if you understand today that maybe you might be the hard soil or you might be the rocky soil or you might be the, the, the weeds and the thorns or you might be the good soil, every bit of that seed that comes your way, hold on to it. And that's what's so interesting about the story is that the farmer, as Jesus is telling the story, throws it on soil that he knows is probably hard. I mean, he's walking on the path. But he also knows that they did farming different back then, and so it's a little bit out of our, our realm of thinking. But they were gonna, he was going to come and he was going to till that soil later on and cut those seeds into that soil. And so hopefully some of that seed would take root. And you don't like to have the plow go over you, but guess what? If it's coming, you need it. You need to have that hard soil chopped up and you need to cling to every word of God that you can because the enemy will try to take it. He'll try to steal it. All he does is steal and kill and destroy. And so you need to hold on to every drop of God's word that you can. But the good soil holds fast to the word and that's what we want to strive to be. And one of the things I've realized over these, um, I've realized it for years, but I've said this phrase, the truth after a lie Sounds like a lie. I've been faced with this very often recently, especially, is that you'll tell somebody the truth from God's word, but if they've believed a lie for many years, they will rather call the word of God a lie. They, might not, they may not say that, but they'll reject the truth of God's word, even though it's written in the word, and what they believe is not found in God's word. They will reject the truth of God's word because they heard the lie first. And so you and I need to do all we can to just soak up God's word at every turn so that we can know the truth and the truth can set us free. It's our purpose in life to do what we can to hold on to God's word. So if you are the seed caster, if you're the farmer, keep planting. Keep planting God's word. Keep telling God's truth and sharing God's truth. Or if you're the soil in this case, and all of us, if we're a Christian, are, are one at, at one time and one at another, and sometimes both at the same time, keep holding on to God's truth and God's word. Allow your soil to be planted. So replace the lies with God's truth. And then the last thing is this. Cling to Jesus. Check your heart soil, cling to the word, and cling to Jesus. Because you know the difference, the only true difference between the different soils? If you really think about it, you know what the real difference is? Time. Time. Time is the really only difference between the soils. One has become hardened over time. And one can become tilled over time and become soft again. One has had time for seed, weed seeds to grow up and thorns to grow up. But in time... Those thorns can be cut out and the weeds can be pulled. One, over time, has not had any opportunity for the rocks to be pulled up. But over time, the rocks can be pulled up, can't they? And there can be more room for roots. 
But the question is this, are you willing to give God the time? Because here's the other thing about the good soil, is that in time the fruit will grow. So keep planting, keep watering, and keep praying. And keep trusting that God is able to do everything he said. He says there in verse 15, he says, And as for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and a good heart and bear fruit with patience. Or in some translations say endurance. And that's really the word there is can you keep on keeping on? Can you keep on holding on? That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying hold on to the truth of God's word and keep planting the truth of God's word because people in time if you give them enough time and you love them and you tell them the truth they can produce a fruit but what did he say about that fruit did he just say that it would produce one piece of fruit no he said the harvest could be 30 60 100 times my good friend Bob Molden that passed away just a few weeks ago he was a faithful preacher for 40 plus years and even after he had retired he constantly preached and filled in and served people any way he could and the church that he served was always a strong congregation but numbers wise as you compare numbers got up to about 300 and that was that was about it to some that's a big church but to a lot of people that's a very small church but something that he did that is still just mind-boggling to me is he and some other people who love Jesus had in their heart to help a young man from India start an organization called Central India Christian Mission. And they started that ministry about 30-some years ago and a few hundred thousand people have been baptized into Christ. Children have been bought out of slavery Women have been given purpose and meaning where it had been stolen from them. And they found their identity that they aren't, aren't just a piece of property like many are treated in that culture. And, and the, the stories are endless. But a man, Bob Molden, was faithful and over time poured into that man, Ajay Law, who helped start that ministry. And he was one of the early board members. He was one of the early supporters. And for the rest of his life, took people on trips to India so they could fall in love with there and help support that work. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of people who have come to Christ over the last 30 years. And so what I'm saying is, is keep being faithful. Even though you may not see the crop jump up right now from day one, it will grow in time and it can produce 30, 60, and hundreds times of what we thought possible. Just the other night, Friday night, we had the opportunity to baptize uh, Niza, Casey Cooper's daughter. She's a young girl, but she had been really studying and wanting to give her life to Jesus. And people have different opinions and ideas about that. And Sherry had sat down with her and Casey had sat down with her and she had studied and she wanted to be with Jesus that's what it was she said I want Jesus and I can't wait to see what God's going to do with her who knows what she's going to do in the future for God's kingdom 
Who knows what the seeds that have been planted in her life and the ones that are going to continue to be planted in her life, what are they going to become and how many people are going to come to Jesus through her? She may be one of the greatest missionaries that we've ever seen. But we won't know unless we plant. And we won't know unless we water. And we won't know unless we get our hearts right so that we can produce a crop not be strangled out, not let our roots dry up, not let the seed just be taken away, but let's get our hearts right and let's allow God to work in us and through us and produce a crop 30, 60, 100 times and help us to keep scattering seed so that people can know Jesus as Lord. But the question that I've got to answer and the question that you have to answer is what type of soil are you? Maybe right now you're overwhelmed and you're like, I don't know. I'm a little bit of everything. We want to help you. We want to pray with you. We want to work with you. We want you to get involved in the discipleship study. We want you to get involved in a connect group. We want you to start serving so that you can be poured into and you can have water poured on those seeds and those seeds can be planted and you can produce a crop and a fruit that will be overwhelming. And you'll get to see the rewards when Jesus comes back. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know how we can help you. If you need to start your journey with Jesus today, we'd love to baptize you into Christ and help you begin to plant more seeds in other people. Will us stand with sing? Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.